queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us. (laughs) Amen, Jesse. Hey, Jess, I just got to say, I always say we're too blessed to be stressed, but I'm going to say something that I said about a year or two ago. Jess, Terry, we are too inspired to be tired. Yeah, we're not tired. We're too inspired. We're too protected to be dejected, right? And we're too renewed to be subdued. Why? Because we follow Jesus Christ. And people ask me all the time, you and Jesse, you guys are always fired up. I'll tell you why. I'm inspired by the person of Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. And I know that life is short and eternity is forever. So Jess Romero and I, we're, Jesse, are you 60 yet? Because I'm in my mid 62. All right. I, you got, I got you beat by a couple years. But my point is, Jess, look at your birth certificate, brother. We're rounding third base. And so we have just only so much left in our... And, and by the way, I'm looking forward to it, by the way. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. And that's what someone asked me the other day. They're going to do this. They're gonna, the countries can, can do this. They, what's the worst thing they can do to us, Jess? Kill us. And, go to heaven. Exactly. Bishop Strickland said that just the other day to me. All right. We're going to have a great show. Jess, you picked this out. Masonic diversion tactics. These tactics that I call liberals also use these tactics very well. We're also going to talk about the big problem in Los Angeles. Half of the homeless in the entire country live in California. Now, the weather, I get it. But how do we evangelize also homeless people? We're going to talk about that. And, and Jesse, just for the good to know file, our bishops, I got a report here in my hand. It's pretty thick. It shows that our the surplus for the bishops' conference budget, they have $30 million sitting in the bank. So it's not like they're hurting for funding. And let's be honest, most of that money comes from Uncle Sam, not from the pockets of donations at the churches. So I just wanted to make that as a good-to-know file to know that. Uh, Okay, also, Jesse, this is important. Alabama says this. The court ruled that the court can protect children from transgender surgeries and these crazy drugs that they're giving our kids. So it seems to me that Alabama has common sense that maybe states like California don't have. So I just want to say my hat's off to the folks in Alabama. Absolutely. I got a couple of news items Good. as well. Good. Is uh, So the question is, is the U.S. back to normal mortality rates? <laughs> nope. It's not. In fact, the last 12 months, the, the, the 12 months ending, saw more excess than the first year of the pandemic. And for the 12 months ending in June 2023, age standardized excess mortality is estimated at 5.8% or 13.6%. So in other words, Terry, uh, the mortality rates continue, people continue to die at higher than normal rate than before the COVID-19. Jesse, I have three funerals today. Yes, I had one this morning, got one at noon, and I got one in the evening, I got one tomorrow. I, I, I'm involved with over 200 and some funerals a year at the chapel, and I obviously I try to reach out to the families where people have died, but I have seen a big increase in funerals, and I'm convinced, Jesse, that those statistics are tied back in to the COVID, I know I can't say it, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, the the the, 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 the jab, the jab, <laughs> and uh, I I've seen it anecdotally here at the chapel that we perform over 200 funerals. So you're spot on, Jess. Yeah, I, I also had a meeting with the uh, the top the top uh, individual. I won't mention his name, 
for the uh, Catholic cemeteries here in the Diocese of Phoenix. I, I had oh, yeah. dinner with Good. him last week. Good. He told me that business for the Catholic cemeteries has never been better. Yep. Since the, he goes, he goes, Jess, I can't tell you how busy we are. He told me there's a, so I asked him, I said, from 2020 to the present moment, what's the increase in funerals at yeah. the Phoenix Diocese uh, Catholic Cemeteries? He goes, about a 35% That's to huge. 38% increase That's huge. in deaths, he says, since uh, since 2020. Also, another thing I want to mention is that the Los Angeles Dodgers had their latest game against the Miami Marlins canceled after Hurricane <laughs> Hillary caused Dodger Stadium to flood. Well, yep. Imagine that. Hurricane Hillary hit California on Sunday and has resulted in widespread flooding, mudslides, and high winds. Authorities have stated that the worst is yet to come, and Governor Gavin Newsom has issued a state of emergency. Uh, You could watch on on, on, uh, the Internet, there's an aerial video of Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium that was posted on Twitter and showed the entire stadium surrounded by high waters. Also, good news from Hollywood to Holiness a Catholic actor uh, is is journeying his his faith. His Catholic faith is inspiring him uh, to basically not only get close closer to God, but he may actually be journeying towards the the priesthood. Wow. The Catholic actor's name his name is Alex D. Wow. He says uh, it, it, he says being a Hollywood actor is a test that brought him closer to God. Wow. Uh, Alex D. shares his journey from Hollywood to faith-driven storytelling in Vermont, shedding light on the moral dilemmas he faces and his commitment to his Catholic faith. Alex D., this actor, uh, he, he his journey began in Los Angeles where he pursued acting and encountered roles and projects that often conflicted with his faith. And he said this, quote, the content that has been turned out, that was being turned out in Hollywood was so much just garbage. Yeah. Uh, Alex D. explains how he navigates the challenges of mainstream Hollywood while upholding his values. He says, if my parents can't watch it, then I don't want to be part of it. Good for him, Terry. I'd love him. I'd love him. Yeah. We need more men like that, Jess. Exactly, man. Anything else before yep. we get some soul food, brother? Nope. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. All right. Let's do it. Matthew chapter 19. Yep. Verse 23 to 30. Jesus said to his disciples, amen, I say to you. It will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For men this is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Then Peter said to him in reply, We have given up everything and followed you. What will, what will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, that, that you who have followed me in the new age, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of glory, will yourselves sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for the sake of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You see that right now. Three things that jump out at me. Number one uh, is uh, the fact is money doesn't keep you away from heaven. It's the love of money, not money. There's a lot of wealthy people that are very good Catholics and very holy, 
It's the love of money. When money becomes your God, it becomes before the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, and, and, but obviously it is a temptation to have a lot of money because it could sidetrack you from your faith to be sure. Also, our Lord talks about whoever has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother. Sounds to me like the consecrated life, like yes. a Catholic priest, like a sure. Catholic nun, like bishops. Sure. The, what Jesus said right there, this is actually lived out in the Catholic faith in what we, in what we would call the consecrated life. This is not lived out by Protestants. Protestants have no understanding of the consecrated life. So they look at this verse, Terry, and they scratch their head and they just keep on reading the Bible because it makes no sense to them. For us as Catholics... It makes sense to us. We have hermits, we have monks, we have nuns, we have abbots, we have priests, we have nuns. Uh, and this is directly following the words of Jesus Christ right there in today's gospel. And finally, it says, uh, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. I look at all the people, you know, presidents, senators, uh, Supreme Court justices, speakers of the house, all these fake Catholics in high places, uh, professional athletes. Uh, in this world, Terry, they are they are marvel people marvel at them people admire them yeah. people swoon at them people uh you know uh w- want to be at their beckoning call but in the next life if they don't repent and amend their ways and have a metanoia in the next life terry they're not even going to rate as janitors or window cleaners <laughs> because uh again everything is going to be inverted the Mother Teresas in this world, yeah. in the next world, are going to be the state senators. They're going to be the governors. They're going to be the people that are going to be taking those high lofty places spoken of in today's gospel. Jesse, I'll just make one comment. Over the centuries, when we were very much into evangelization, not the last 50 years, but before that, we'd send missionaries to foreign lands. And when they would come and the pagans would see us come, they would first think, oh, here they come. They're going to want to rape our women. And then we come... And we're celibate priests, and they go, what? Are you kidding me? We've never run into anybody like this. That was one of the things that was a, a, a jewel for the Catholic Church because they were more open to Christianity because they saw a commitment of celibacy, and they said, that's not normal. I mean, most of the people who conquer us, they want our women. You guys don't want, you want souls? And so I just think that this is one thing that the Catholic Church has to share with the world that the world just can't understand. All right. Absolutely, Terry. Yeah. Just, let's bring the smartest guy in real quick. This is full Sheen ahead. Sheen said it. He said, most people justify the way they live. That is to say, instead of fitting their lives into a philosophy, they invent a philosophy to fit their lives. So that's our culture right now. I don't want to say this is true. I'm nine feet tall because I'm only five foot five. Well, you know what? I got to fit in my, what I say is true. See, this is what's going on in the world right now. We're not living in reality. This is why here at Virgin Most Powerful, it's the truth that sets us free. It's the gospel that we preach, not Jess Romero or Terry Barber. Who cares what Jess or Terry think? I want to know what God thinks. Hey, when we come back, Jess, we're going to talk about something very fascinating about techniques of diversion techniques by the Masonic people and others are using these techniques for years. You won't want to miss it. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a moment. We are back the Terry and Jesse show. To bless, to be stressed, to anointed, to be disappointed, and if hope was money, boy, oh boy, 
we would be billionaires. You know, uh, as Catholics, you've all, all of us have heard the word Mason or Masonic or Freemasons. I'm going to give you a deep dive on what the Freemasons, this secret society condemned by the Catholic Church, what is it that they believe? What is it that they teach? And I'll tell you, a friend of mine, uh, a good Catholic friend of mine at the parish, he said, uh, Jess, I was, uh, I was at the bank the other day and talking to a friend at the bank. We were standing in line, and he admitted to me that he was a Mason. And I go, oh, I'm a Knights of Columbus. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm a Freemason. And he admitted to me, he told me, he says, uh, he goes, I don't know if you know, Ricky, he says, that you Catholics, uh, we, we are the arch enemies of the Catholic Church, the Masons. He said this, he's standing in the bank line with my friend, Ricky, who's a Knights of Columbus. They hadn't seen each other in a while, and they got to talking. And uh, this Freemason friend of Ricky, my friend, told him, he goes, oh, by the way, in case you didn't know, the Freemasons are the arch enemies of the Catholic Church. So uh, <laughs> this just happened uh, two days ago here in Phoenix, Arizona at a bank conversation between a Catholic and a Mason. So there's a lot of tried and tested rules of deception. We'll call those the devil's playbook. There's 25 points to consider regarding how certain perpetrators in the know usually gained awareness through nefarious secret societies and cults. They all share a commonality in dealing with situations should they ever occur where one's credibility and accountability may be called into question. The tactics that I'm going to share with you right now, uh, in actual in actual fact, at some point in the not-so-distant past, were considered extremely guarded secret information by the Masons. They were so-called sacred knowledge of mass deception by the Masons. It was reserved only for secret societies, privy, few, to be fully aware of and indeed denied to the many. And the information I'm about to share with you was kept hidden from the eyes and the minds of the public for decades and decades. Interestingly also is the way these rules can linger in the operative active mindset of someone who maybe has Freemasonry somewhere in their family line or their ancestral roots. For instance... If a young person's grandfather happened to be a Freemason or somebody fully aware of these particular diversion tactics, uh, uh, you know, if somebody was fully aware of these particular diversion tactics, then they could be subtly passed down the line generationally from father to son and so on. Genetic templating. Even without the descendants' direct knowledge, or any deep, deep mental understanding of how their instinctive mindset operates in such a way. This is known as genetic memory. When, or if one should ever become self-aware of this phenomenon and deals with their mindscape accordingly, positively, then this is known as breaking ancestral cycles or ancestral genetic karma. Uh, at Libra Crystal, we would call breaking ancestral curses. Not uh, not this not ancestral karma, but the article goes on to share 
again, a lot of things about Freemasons that most people have never heard about. 25, 25 things about Freemasonry that most Catholics have never heard of because this was secret information up until recently. It's, uh, it's now being made public. Number one, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Regardless of what you know, don't discuss it, Masons tell you, especially if you're a public figure or a Masonic Lodge official. If it's not reported, it didn't happen, and you never have to deal with the issues. Here's the second Masonic diversionary tactic. Number two, become incredulous and indignant. Avoid discussing key issues and instead focus on side issues, which can be used to show the topic as being critical of some otherwise sacrosanct group or theme. This is also known as the how dare you gambit. Number three, Masonic diversion tactic. Create rumor mongers. Avoid discussing issues by describing all charges, regardless of venue or or evidence, as mere rumors and wild discussions. Other derogatory terms, usually exclusive of truth, may work as well. This method works especially well with the silent press because the only way the public can learn of the facts is through such arguable rumors. If you can associate the material with the internet, use this fact to certify it in a wild rumor which can have no basis in fact. Fourth Masonic diversion tactic. They teach. Use a straw man. Find or create a seeming element of your opponent's arguments that you can easily knock down to make yourself look good and the opponent looks bad. Either make up an issue you may safely imply exists based on your interpretation of the opponent's arguments or situation or select the weakest aspect of the weakest charges. Amplify their significance and destroy them in a a way which appears to debunk all the charges real and fabricated alike while actually avoiding discussion of the real issues. Fifth, Masonic diversionary tactic. Number five, sidetrack opponents with name-calling and ridicule. This is also known as the primary attack of the messenger, though other methods qualify as variants of that approach. Associate opponents with unpopular titles, such as, you know, call them kook or right wing or liberal or left wing or terrorist or conspiracy theorist or radical or militia or bigot, racist or religious fanatic or crazy person or slanderer or sexual deviant and so forth. This makes others shrink from support out of fear of gaining the same label and you avoid dealing with the issues. Six Masonic diversion tactic, hit and run. In any public forum, make a brief attack on your opponent or the opponent's position and then scamper off before an answer can be fielded or simply ignore any answer. This works extremely well in outline and letters to the editor environments where a steady stream of new identities can be called upon without having to explain criticism, criticism reasoning, simply making an accusation or other attack, never discussing issues and never answering any subsequent response 
for that would dignify the opponent's viewpoint. Seventh Masonic diversion tactic, question motives, twist or amplify any fact that could be taken to imply that the opponent operates out of a hidden personal agenda or other bias. This avoids discussing issues and forcing the accuser and forces the accuser on the defensive. Number eight, eight Masonic diversionary tactic. Invoke authority. Claim for yourself, claim for yourself or associate yourself with authority and present your argument with enough jargon and minutia to illustrate you are the one who knows and simply say it isn't so without discussing issues or demonstrating concretely why or citing any sources. Number nine, ninth Masonic diversion tactic, play dumb. No matter what evidence or logical argument is offered, avoid discussing issues with denial. They have any credibility or make any sense or provide any proof, contain or make a point, have logic or support a conclusion. Mix well for maximum effect. Play dumb. Tenth Masonic Diversion Tactic. Associate opponent charges with old news. A derivative of the straw man in any large scale matter of high visibility, someone will make charges early on which can be or were already easily dealt with where it can be foreseen, have your own side raise a straw man issue and have it dealt with early on as part of the initial contingency plans. Subsequent charges, regardless of validity or new ground covered, uncovered, can usually then be associated with the original charge and dismissed as simply being a rehash without the need to address current issues, so much the better where the opponent is or was involved with the original source. I'm sharing with you 25 Masonic diversion tactics. This was something that secret societies kept hidden for many years. Uh, they called these diver Masonic diversion tactics the devil's playbook. The Democrats and the liberals used these 25 tactics quite effectively that they borrowed from the Masons. Here's point number 11. Establish and rely on fallback positions. Using a minor matter or element of the facts, take the high road and confess with candor that some innocent mistake or hindsight was made, but that opponents have seized on the opportunity to blow it all out of proportion and imply greater criminalities, which just isn't so. Others can reinforce this on your behalf later. Done properly, this can garner sympathy and respect for coming clean and owning up to your mistakes without addressing more serious issues. Point number 12, Masonic diversionary tactic from the secret society condemned by the Catholic Church. Enigmas have no solution. Drawing upon the overall, overall umbrella of events surrounding the crime and the multitude of players and events, paint the entire affair as too complex to solve. This causes those otherwise following the matter to begin to lose interest more quickly without having to address the actual issues. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. I'm going through uh, 25, 25 Masonic diversionary tactics that are used by the Masons. And by the way, they're also used by Democrats. They're also used by communists. They're also used by liberals. So some people are probably saying, who are the Masons? The Masons are a, uh, 
they were started back in the 18th century. It was a Protestant men's group. They're members of a secretive, cult-like, secret society. They're anti-supernatural. And philosophically, they are hostile to the Catholic Church. Point number 11 of the Masonic Diversion Tactics. Alice in Wonderland logic. Avoid discussion of the issues by reasoning backwards with an apparent deductive logic in a way that forbears any actual material fact. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'll keep sharing with you the 25 diversionary tactics used by the Masons today. A secret society condemned by 150 years of Catholic Pope. Stick around, we'll be right back. I am sharing with you the 25 diversionary tactics used by the Freemasons, a secret society that has been condemned by the Catholic Church since 1738, papal condemnations. Point number 14, 14th Masonic diversionary tactic, demand complete solutions. Avoid the issues by requiring opponents to solve the crime at hand completely, a ploy which works best for items qualifying for rule number 10. Number 15, fit the facts to alternate conclusions. This requires creative thinking unless the crime was planned with contingency conclusions in place. Also, 16, vanishing evidence and witnesses. If it does not exist, it's not a fact and you won't have to address the issue. So they believe in vanishing evidence and witnesses. Kind of like uh, Clinton and Barack Obama believe in vanishing of witnesses. (laughs) Number 17, change the subject. Usually in connection with one of the other ploys listed here, find a way to sidetrack the discussion with a brace of her controversial comments in hopes of, of turning attention to a new, more manageable topic. This works especially well with companions who can argue with you over the new topic and polarize the discussion arena in order to avoid discussing more key issues. Number 18 of the 18th of the uh, Masonic diversionary tactics used today. Number 18, emotionalize, antagonize, and goad your opponents. If you can't do anything else, chide and taunt your opponents and draw them into emotional responses, which will tend to make them look foolish and overly motivated and generally render their materials somewhat less coherent. Not only will you avoid discussing the issues in the, in the first instance, but even if their emotional respo- uh, response addresses the issue, you can further avoid the issues by then focusing on how sensitive they are to criticism. Number 19. Ignore proof presented, demand impossible proofs. This is perhaps a variant of the play dumb rule. Regardless of what material may be presented, by an opponent in public forums, claim the material is irrelevant and demand proof that it is impossible for the opponent to come by. To come by, it may exist, but not be at his disposal, or it may be something which is known to be safely destroyed or withheld, such as a murder weapon. 
In order to completely avoid discussing issues that may require you to categorically deny and be critical of media or books as valid sources, deny that witnesses are acceptable or even deny that statements made by government or other authorities have any meaning or relevance. Number 20, false evidence. When, whenever possible, whenever possible, introduce new facts or clues designed and manufactured to connect with opponent presentations as useful tools to neutralize, sensitize issues, or impede resolution. This works best when the crime was designed with contingencies for this purpose, and the facts cannot be easily separated from the fabrications. 21. Call a grand jury, a special prosecutor, or other empowered investigative body. Subvert the process to your benefit and effectively neutralize all sensitive issues without open discussion. Once convened, the audience, or the evidence and testimony are required to be secret when properly handled. For instance, if, if you own the prosecuting attorney, it can, it can ensure a grand jury hears no useful evidence and that the evidence is sealed and unavailable to subsequent prosecu- investigators. Excuse me. Subsequent, yep. Yeah. Once a favorable verdict, usually this technique is applied to find the guilty innocent, but it can also be used to obtain charges when seeking to frame a victim is achieved, the matter can be considered officially closed. Terry, you want to go to Unbelievable. Point? Yes, Jesse. 22. Manufacture a new truth. Sounds like our modern world, isn't it? My truth, your truth. Sounds like the Democrats. It, well, I was going to say that. You'd beat me to it. <laughs> Create your own expert groups, author, leaders, or influence existing ones willing to forge new ground via scientific investigations or social research or testimony, which concludes favorably. In this way, if you must actually address an issue, you can do so authoritatively. I'll give an example, Jess, because I like examples. Someone who says uh, homosexuals have different genes than heterosexual. They said that, but you know what? It was a lie. See, but you tell the lie often enough, people will believe it. What yes. about 23, Jess? Create bigger... Dis- this, these are the, 20, the 25 Masonic diversion tactics used by the liberals, used by communists, and used by Democrats. Number 23... Create bigger distractions. If the above does not seem to be working to distract from sensitive issues or to prevent unwanted media coverage of unstoppable events such as trials, create bigger news stories or treat them as such to distract the multitudes. Terry, yeah, it reminds me when something, something important is happening in the news and all of a sudden, oh, we're, we're having a war, we're having a COVID <laughs> pandemic. Uh, the liberal, the, the the liberal media, the Masons, they create bigger distractions to obfuscate. Like for example, we got Hunter Biden's laptop. We're we're, we're about to uh, prosecute. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, a huge uh, distraction comes about, and they everybody forgets about the Hunter Biden laptop. We all know about that. Number twenty four, silent critics. If the above methods do not prevail, consider removing opponents from the circulation with some definitive solution so that the need to address issues is removed entirely. This can be by their death, yeah, uh-huh, arrest, detention, blackmail, destruction of their character by release of blackmail, information, or merely by proper intimidation with blackmail or other threats. I always want to give examples when I read these, Jess. Um, we're talking about Google, talking about now uh, they're saying we're not going to let alternative media like virgin most powerful be on google so what are they doing they're going to bl- they're going to knock us out of the out of the realm of their 
search engines. And why? They don't like it. They don't agree with what we're doing. So that's why I say they're going to try and silence us. But trust me, everybody, there's alternatives. Go ahead, Jess. Number- yeah. Number 25, 25th Masonic Diversionary Tactic. Yeah. Vanish. If you're a key holder of secrets or otherwise overly illuminated and you think the heat is getting too hot to avoid the issues, vacate the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that's a president says. If you can't stand yeah. the heat, get out. You know, Terry, the, the, the Freemasons is, uh, is a secret society in case Catholics are winning. Who are these guys talking about? It was started by Protestants around, right around, probably around the 18th century. 1717 to be exact. Ah, that's right. You're right. 1717. Now, the popes, the first pope to speak out against Freemasonry was in 1738. Mm -hmm. So right after they started, Freemason, a pope spoke out against them in 1738. And there's been a continual uh, papal denunciations except for Pope Francis, I have to say. Oh, yeah, there's an exception. Yeah, all the way up until Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, from seventeen thirty-eight to to Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, there was these constant denunciations of the Freemasons. But there's been silence the last ten years, Terry. Uh, I don't know why. I, I I'm not a prophet. I can't read anybody's mind. Not just a fact. You're just giving the facts. Yes. Hey Jesse, before you continue, I meant to uh, give a plug here. Um, we have a conference coming up with Bishop Joseph Strickland called Defending Our Faith Conference in Texas, in, in, uh, in uh, Tyler, Texas, Tyler. where he's the bishop. And we've got a great lineup of people. It's September 1 and 2. More people are coming now. I'm getting lots of calls about it. we got room for over 2,100 people at the convention center. It's $60 for two days of on-fire uh, speakers. Bishop Strickland, his keynote address is going to be called Proclaiming the Apostolic Faith with Clarity and boldness. We call clarity and charity. This guy says boldness. We need to be like first century Christians again. So please go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Sign up for that conference. I'm going to be flying out there. I'm the master of ceremonies. And trust me, you're going to be getting a shot of your faith all weekend long. You're going to come back. You're going to have many new friends that you meet that are on fire for the faith. You know, I always say this, Jess, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So come join us there. And then one more plug for a day with Fulton Sheen on the 14th of October, we're going to have a whole day talking about the beatification of Fulton Sheen. We're going to look in the philosophy of Fulton Sheen, how he took St. Thomas Aquinas and made it easy for everybody to understand. Talk about his, <coughs> his devotion to Our Lady, the world's first love. And then I'm going to talk about Fulton Sheen's evangelization techniques and what he did to evangelize America and the world through the propagation of the faith. You won't want to miss a day with Fulton Sheen Go online to the virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Get yourself checked in for that because here at Virgin Most Powerful, we have one role in our, in our one, one focus, and that is to introduce people to the person of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're doing here, and I thank you for all your support that you give us here at VMPR. I think we've got now five years under our belt, Jess. Yeah. God has been good Amen. to us. Sure has, Terry. Praise be to God. Amen. Praise be to God to our listeners. Yes. Our fa- very God. faithful listeners. Terry, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Joshua Charles that uh, we've had on the show yep. here, the he wrote a book called The War of the Antichrist. That's and right. I was asking him about Freemasonry because he talks a lot about it in his book, yeah. The War of the Antichrist. Okay. Uh, he, says, he says Freemasonry is a catch-all term that describes the occult and Satanism. Yeah. Joshua Charles, who, by the way, he's a he's a New York Times bestselling author. 
He's a historian. He's a classical pianist. And he's also a former White House speechwriter. He has degrees in music, government, and law. And he came into the Catholic Church uh, in 2019. When I was asking him about Freemasonry, I said, what are they trying to do in this country? He goes, Jess, what Freemasonry wants to do and what they've done effectively, he says they separate nature from grace. That, that's, why it was it. The, that's why it was the Masons yep. at the start of the country who wanted to separate church and state. Uh, but personally, as a Catholic, when you separate nature from grace, you fall into sin and disorder. And that's where our country's at. Because our country does right now, the secular humanists, the, the inmates that are running the asylum, they don't even recognize natural law, much less divine law. And so Joshua Charles, he also told me in, in, in the discussion I had with him, he says that the essence of Freemasonry, communism, and Satanism is sola nature. Yes. That's <laughs> in other words, they separate nature from grace. Sola n- nature. In other words, Masons, communists, and Satanists, they're all materialists. Amen. And without, without grace, America will, will be lost. And we had uh, jo- uh, Joshua Charles tell his conversion story here on Virgin Most Powerful. We're going to be releasing that next week. This young man inspires me with Jesse's oh, yeah. talking about. Stay with us, family. We've got more when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We want to play a short clip. It's Mm -hmm. called Inside California's Homeless Crisis. Sad. It's a short clip. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? They're the images alarming Californians. In L.A., the homeless on places like the Hollywood Walk of Fame and along the iconic Venice Boardwalk. Any and everywhere you go, in and out of stores, homeless, homeless, homeless. What was once largely confined to the city's notorious Skid Row can now be seen all across Los Angeles. Hundreds of homeless encampments have sprung up, including this one in the shadow of City Hall. It's just like, uh, you know, like the world's just caving in on you. This is our room. Thomas Aleman lost his home when he lost his job. He moved into his car with his two kids. I ended up coming up with um, a game. I know this is hard. I would tell my children that we were going camping. They would be like, Dad, we're going camping again? And I would say, yeah. Uh, Just because I didn't want them uh, to feel what I felt sleeping in the car with my children. The family now lives in this shelter. While many homeless struggle with substance abuse and mental illness, for Thomas and many others, it's purely economic. They can't afford the rent. Can you show me where you live? Sure. We met 65-year-old Valentina Early at her tent. Did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that you could end up living on the streets? Never. In L.A., homelessness has jumped 16% in a year. Half of Americans living on the streets are in California. It sparked concerns about safety and sanitation. How many homeless encampments are you seeing now in Los Angeles? A little shy of 700. Mayor Eric Garcetti calls it a crisis. I met up with him in the city's Homeless Response Command Center. Authorities here spent over $600 million on the issue last year and have more than doubled the number of people housed since 2015. But they have failed to keep pace with demand. 
Have you done a, a self-review of, of your role in this? Oh, absolutely. We do all the time. Look at Los Angeles with the tents and the horrible, horrible, disgusting conditions. President Trump blames this blue state's Democratic leadership. How do you react to that? This is not a partisanship issue, at a partisan issue at all. Conservatives didn't start, uh, you know, homelessness. The conservative cuts to programs certainly exacerbated, and liberals didn't cause homelessness. But tonight, many, like Thomas Aleman and his kids, are feeling they've been left behind. I had a good job. We had a home. Anybody can become homeless. Wow, that's so sad to see, Jesse. When I, I actually see that. It's, it's within a 20-minute ride from my house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Terry, you're not, you're not far from it. No. You're not far from it. There's a good article that's called Encountering Christ and the Homeless. Yep. Five Powerful Tips for Evangelizing at a Stoplight. Yeah. Uh, and so this is pretty good. I mean. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it says, Our friends at Christ in the city provide a powerful perspective on encountering the homeless during daily life, doing so in a way that reflects Jesus in our hearts. Yes. So it says, have you ever wondered how you can make a difference in your community during your daily commute or while you're out running errands? Our friends at Christ in the city provide a powerful perspective on encountering the homeless during daily life, doing so in a way that reflects Jesus in our hearts. Although the organization itself exists on the streets of Denver and Philadelphia, its message and approach can resonate with others across the country or even the world. Uh, they even, the organization even has a website. Uh, the, the website states that the mission of Christ in the city is rooted in drawing its participants into an intimate relationship with Jesus, awesome. touching what it means to be human, being yeah. loved by God in the Good. midst of our own poverty, yep. and being called to love those around us in the midst of our own poverty. The website is, I just went, went to it right now, it's called christinthecity.org christinthecity.org Terry? Yeah, you know, Jesse, we have homeless right here in Covina where I live and uh, one of the things they mentioned and and I've used this for decades, call people by name. It's a sales technique but especially when you're dealing with the homeless, many of these people say I haven't even heard my name in months. Nobody's ever asked me my name. So I would say what is your name? He said, Frank, Frank, tell me about yourself. See, it shows dignity. Remember I always say people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And so you, you talk to these people. Now, Jesse, I give my recycling away to the homeless, and I'll tell you what I do. They didn't have this in that article, but I don't think giving people something for nothing is a good idea. Okay? That's just my take. That's I, New Testament, right? Yeah, yeah. St. Paul says if you don't work, you don't eat. So I give them my recycling. They've got to go and earn it by going down and recycling the bottles I give them. So this is, to me, a dignity because you're giving them a job, where they're going to earn some money and makes them feel better. But calling people by name, tell, ask them some questions about themselves, where you're from. Uh, this is really critical with the homeless. And I'll add one more thing the article doesn't say. Jesse, I've never given something to a man. I, I always, the women that are on the street, they're abused. I'll give them cards. They can go to McDonald's, uh, you know, go to restaurants to get some food. I'm all for that, but I don't like giving people money. I know people say, oh, just give them money. It's not, their, it's not your problem what they do with it. Yeah, well, I look at it this way, Jess. With the homeless, they, they're homeless for whether it's mental illness or drug addictions. There's a number of cases, but why feed their habit by giving them cash? I just don't think it's a good idea. 
Yeah, Terry, it's very interesting uh, that you mentioned that Bill O'Reilly did a, a documentary on homelessness in California, and uh, it, it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he says that in California, in this documentary that he yeah. did, he said eight out of 10 homeless are drug addicts. There you go. Eight 80%. out of 10 homeless are drug addicts. I believe it. And so, Terry, you, you, your common sense kicks yeah, in yeah, where, where you don't want to feed their habit by giving them just money because you know what they're going to do with it. Eight out of ten of them, you know what they're going to do with it. Yep, feed their and, habit. But I'll also tell you something that this Tell article me, yeah. th- this article doesn't say, okay. and and I would caution people. Yeah. You know, it says here, you know, reach out, shake their hand, give them socks, water, snacks. Friendship is, is worth more than $5. Mm-hmm. Uh, say a quick prayer for the person. When the stoplight turns green, all those things are good. But there's also a segment of them, Terry, that are violent. Oh, yeah. And the article doesn't mention that. No. Uh, and so you, you, there's a segment of them that are dangerous. Yeah. Uh, some of these guys are walking time bombs because they're ex-convicts. Yep. They just got out of prison. They're right. young. Terry, I've seen driving down Los Angeles, uh, down many places in L.A., I see these young guys on the street that are homeless. They're homeless and they're doing push-ups. Yep. Uh, they're shadow they're boxing. Buff. Terry, they're strong guys. They're, I, well, yeah. they're, they're ex-convicts. They, they are yeah. strong, mean guys. <laughs> and so for, for, you know, the article, and I get it, you know, it's, it's, it, the article is, is, is they're trying to look at the best in a person. And you know, it says, you know, reach out, shake their hand, ask their, their name, give them water, give them, you know, $5 and say a prayer for them. All that's good. But I, all I just want to caution people is that there are some out there that are violent and that are bent on violence. And some of these guys are just walking time bombs. And the reason is, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why this is, Terry, tell especially me, in Jesse, California, we're, we're, we're half of uh, the, the, this, uh, docu- this uh, video that we just heard. It says half the homeless in the U.S. live in California. Yeah, half, half. 50%. Now, I'll, I'll tell you why that is. Is because of all the freebies that they give in California. That's right. Homeless talk amongst themselves, and they say, "Wow, the weather's pretty good here. You can live on the beaches. You yep. can live in the parks. Yep. Nobody's going to say nothing to you. You can you can steal up to nine hundred ninety nine dollars, uh, and you won't get arrested. Uh, and there's just a lot of freebies in California. Mm-hmm. In fact, Terry, one of the most beautiful cities in California. I was there giving some talks a couple of months ago. I was invited by the Diocese of San Francisco. San Francisco, Terry, seems to be like the epicenter oh, yeah. uh, of homelessness. Yes. And, dis- and Terry, I saw needles on the street. Yep, needles. I too. I, yep. Poop, a human yep. defecation. Yep. yep. Uh, and what's, what's, what's interesting is that San Francisco, that area, it probably has the wealthiest people in California. It's got yeah. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Marin so, County. Yeah. yeah. So you have the wealthiest people right. in California in that area. And then the middle class is pretty much gone. Yeah. The, the middle class is, is, has left the Bay Area. So now you just got homeless and uber rich people living in that area. It's real. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I just read an article in another paper that says that right now, when you take the cost of living into account, that the that the San Francisco is the highest poverty has the highest poverty level in the nation. Yeah, incredible, Jesse. I witnessed it just last week at a grocery store that I was at. A homeless guy put all these groceries in his basket, walked out. The alarm went off. Nothing was done to him. P- business as usual. They call that shrinkage. 
And what I was told by a professional in that industry, the food industry, it's tripled. Shrinkage has tripled. In other words, uh, they're losing more money three times as much than they did, you know, 15 years ago. So what's happening is you, the consumer, are paying for that with higher prices. Because someone's got to pay for it, Jess. Yeah, Terry. And I'll tell you another thing that happened in California as to why there's so much homeless people is back in the late 60s, they they closed down the mental institutions. Yes. They, they just closed them down. And they put them all out in the street. And also in the last couple of years, I'd say in like the last 10 years where they started, mm-hmm. they started releasing thousands of prisoners early before completing their sentences mm-hmm. in, in state prison. So, so all these ex-convicts that have been released early, yep. they have no job skills. They have no motivation there a lot of them are drug addicts they have no yeah. they have no 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 skills right so they go back so to what they know they're going to go back to stealing and beating people up for their money yep. and then you have coupled with that the men- mental institutions that have been closed in california uh so thousands of these mental patients are on the street Th- this is why california we have uh people are either ex-convicts ex-state prisoners or or mental or, or, or ex-patients from mental institutions or, or now just drug addicts, as, yeah. as Bill Riley I just said. got a call here from Lisa up in the Bay Area, San Francisco. She says, uh, San Francisco, are you ready for this? Oh, I just came in. Hang on. Is the uh, drug, a drug tourism destination. So people know they can go there and get free drugs and just chill. And so that's what our liberal government in California is doing. Yes, yeah. I hear the music. That's it. It's it. That's a, yep, that's a wrap, Terry. Yeah, it is, Jess. And Jesse, we want to introduce anybody we meet, whether they're on the street or on the home, to Jesus Christ. And that's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Get advice. Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day. And if you're married, renew your marriage vows often. Because as St. John Paul II says, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. Strong family, strong culture. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of sanctifying grace, uh, and remember, uh, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Uh, Become holy or die trying. Speak the truth to power and be fearless. And remember, God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. Don't forget what Our Lady of Fatima said. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray for our leaders in our church, our family. And make reparation for any of those sacrileges that are going on in the world and in the church. God bless you and keep the faith.